Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm telling you what, you're going to want your seatbelt on for this conversation today because my new friend is dynamic. We have been chatting. She's extraordinary. I cannot wait for you to meet her. In 2014, Marina Hoffman and her husband suffered a near fatal car crash. Now they are walking miracles that testify that with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. Today, Marina is sharing her powerful story of overcoming life-threatening trauma and encouraging us how we can overcome challenges in our own lives and live in the wonder of God. She's a PhD and university professor. She's an award-winning Bible scholar, and she's the author of Women in the Bible, small group Bible study that helps us personally connect with courageous women in the Bible. Welcome, Marina. I'm so excited to have you here today. Angela, it's so good to be with you and your listeners today and just share our hearts on all God has to speak through us through these dynamic women in the Bible. I love it. And I actually have a copy of it right here. Women of the Bible. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see Women of the Bible, small group Bible study. It's so great. Thank you, Marina, for just sharing these stories. And we're going to talk about a couple of these women today and, and how they inspire us to really live in the wonder of God. But, but, and, and just before we even talk about your car accident, I have to say that I loved reading on your website about your precious family, your husband and your daughter, Willow Grace Hannah. And you say that you live in Florida and you have these dance parties sometimes daily and always yes. to Christmas music. So I have to know a little bit more about your precious girl. Yes. Willow loves, loves, loves Jingle Bells has since she was born. Her favorite song since she could first move was Feliz Navidad. <laughs> and she loves to dance. She can't stop moving. So multiple times, often an hour every day, she's like, mom, let's dance. And now that she's taking ballet lessons, Angela, I'm in trouble because she's trying to get me to do these professional moves and it's a whole new level. I love it. And what's going to be even more meaningful for our listeners is when they hear that after your car accident, that was one of the things they told you is that you would not be able to have children. So I wanted to lead with that because right off the bat, we see the promise that God has given even this beautiful little girl. So I want to talk about what happened. Just take us back to that day in 2014, when you were in Toronto, walk us through what happened. And I know the miracles that you saw as a result of that. Yes, we were driving home on a February day, very cold. And if you've never been in the north, it's not like putting your head in a fridge at all. It's much colder than your freezer. So it was rough conditions, but the day was sunny, no snow. And we're driving down a highway that was under construction. So each person, everyone's going about 70, 70 miles an hour. And this person coming toward us does not take a bend in the road. There's no meridian. There's a line or two in orange. And in a split second, in fact, it could have been less than a whole second, our cars were pancaked together. Devastating. We should have died. Angela, the impact alone of 70 plus 70 is much worse than standing in front of a train getting hit. So right then and there, the impact should have died. But God had a plan for our life and preserved us. Hmm. So talk about that. I know that you say in, in your testimony that 
even just right there on the spot, the EMTs were there immediately. That was even kind of a miracle in and of itself, right? It was the first miracle, Angela, was my husband's reaction. He, in his mind, was sure he was going to die, that he didn't see any way out. So he thought, my wife's going to continue on. And ironically, Angela, he was most concerned about me being really ugly and having a hard time finding a new husband. So with that thought in mind, he threw his body over, put his hand on my face like a helmet to push me against the headrest and just leaned his whole body over with his suitcase. His first mm-hmm. injury was that he broke his own rib on the caddy. I ended up with a minor brain injury, which as you would know, is very significant. It's, you know, a step below drooling. I don't think I would have survived if he hadn't been holding my head and minimized the brain injury to already severe, but mm. I was able to survive. The other incredible fact is that he took all the airbags and it was found out in the hours to come. I had four lacerations on my bowels. Mm. They did, they all assumed that the airbags had broken and didn't work, but they did work. He took it all. So those two miracles literally each saved my life. The other beautiful thing, Angela, is that my husband, if you can picture it, was in the middle of the car instead of in the driver's seat as far as his seatbelt would let him. So this other engine pushes our big Jeep engine into his driver's seat. The jaws of life come. The detective come. They do all their computer work. Three days later, the detective comes to the hospital room and says, I'm sorry, sir. I know you're doing rough, but I need to talk to you. I need to close the case. How come you're alive? There's no output. Even when I say you were driving 40 miles an hour, which we know is not true, nothing has you surviving. And then he tells the story. And of course, that breaks the computer program. There's no option that my husband has leaned over to save my life. But he saved his life and mine. And as you said, it was one miracle after another. The There's a firefighter in front of us, EMT workers behind. They jumped in, bear hugged me in this icy cold weather. Wow. For 48 minutes, not letting me get up. Again, the surgeon said if I had tried to stand up with four lacerations and near dead at the time of the hospital, I would have never stood up. I would have died on the spot. The surgeon, Angela, was on her day off on a Sunday choosing to have lunch at the cafeteria. She didn't say it's a miracle, but I feel like that is supernatural. Mm. Who would do that? She was right on hand. Of all things, she's having lunch with another trauma surgeon who was a day off. Why did two doctors meet for lunch at the cafeteria? Right there on deck, she comes up. She says, no. She tells the nurses to stop everything. There's no time for a dye test. Immediately, she operates. Ten hours later, by hand, she discovers all my lacerations and fixes me up. So in those 24 hours, in many ways, miraculous ways, God saved my life clearly God had a purpose in preserving my life and yet Angela the road to recovery was still very long in terms of mental psychological and some physical injuries that remained and you talk about the trauma that you induce I mean thank God he saved you and thank God for the quick thinking of your husband and I just feel like the angels that were that were around that car and protecting you but it it did not alleviate trauma. And a lot of us have been through trauma over these last 18 months, the difficulty of all that we've gone through, uncertainty, and we may not have gone through a car accident exactly like that you're describing. But talk to us, especially anyone who's feeling traumatized by their circumstances. What helped you to move past trauma? Because you live a very joy-filled life, Marina. And I would like to know what has helped you to live in joy and to process that trauma with the Lord. 
You know, Angela, I was so traumatized with severe PTSD, severe anxiety for the five years they tested me and then Mm. they stopped. I couldn't even get out of bed. I couldn't take care of myself. And some of it was very legitimate, right? My, the chemicals in my brain, my brain injury. But as I struggled forward, I came to a realization as I sat on the living room couch, wanting to do things and unable to, I said, right now I'm on a course of death. And if I want to live, I have to get up and get in that car and start driving again and start living life and seeing my friends who, for whatever reasons, I'm terrified of. I need to be back with others, back in groups, even though I shake at the thought of it, because that is to live. To live is to somehow overcome these traumas and these incredible fears and anxieties. And, you know, Angela, in many ways, I, too, relived all those things and A motivation I have now, of course, is Little Willow, and she is a chronic extrovert. And I say that because sometimes it has a negative aspect. She begs to see friends every day. So I can't hide away despite anything Mm. going on in the world. I have to face every day in the protection of God, which we pray for. I have to say, Lord, we're going out today. Protect us from everything. And that, to my daughter, is living life at the fullest. And I'm a bit of an extrovert, Angela, not chronic, but I go with it just despite some of my reservations and she loves life. And I see her so filled with life when she's with others. And that keeps me going to move forward in Christ when I have strength and when I am weak to still move forward, because then I go in the power and strength of the Lord. Mm, That's so great. That's so powerful. And thank you, Willow. We love you little Willow, because not only are you a miracle and a promise, but you are even bringing your mom into new places. And I think that's the way the Lord is Marina. He puts in our path, the very things that he knows we need, that that the, the places that we would tend to stay stuck or hide or retreat. Um, and then you move forward into your purpose. I absolutely love it. Talk about when God began to stir in your heart writing this book. And as you were sharing, I was struck by the fact that even the word group is right there in the title. And so now that even has more meaning for me because you were determined to say, I'm not going to stay in isolation. And this is airing in December. We come through a very difficult year. Some of us are still very bruised by isolation. I want to just encourage you through Marina's story. Listen, guys, in 2022, take a step. And maybe one of the best steps you could take is to get into a small group setting and, and form a sense of community. Get back in church. If you've been watching only online, community is so powerful for our own healing and our own development and our relationship with the Lord. But walk us through, Marina, what this looked like as God began to stir in you to write this resource. Yes, a note on the title, as you say, I was advised actually not to include small group Bible study or just make it a subtitle, but I pushed back and I said, no, every time someone sees my cover or sees the title in writing, I want them to be reminded community and come back together. Mm. And you can do the book alone, but Angela, we are on the same mind, come back together, join, even if it's just Zoom as a first step. But break all the rules and invite your neighbors to Mm. be with you. Invite your church friends to come back together however you can. And you know, Angela, they need it as much as us. I know you'll agree. Absolutely. Um, So 
before the accident, I was a, a scholar. I was studying all these passages from an academic perspective. Well, mm. after my accident, I really started life from scratch. Mm. And again, I had to force myself to, to overcome my mental fatigue and say, I've got to get back into scholarships if I want any future or job. So mm. here I revisit these stories. And Angela, whereas I studied academically from a scholarship and I published on Hannah, can you imagine the depth of inspiration she was now that her story really was the same as mine, feeling mm. isolating, feeling frustrated, knowing that to have a child is the impossible that only God can do, begging for a child. So all of these stories one by one took on a whole new meaning for me. And as I talked about it and shared about it with, and just in my circles, everyone kept saying, please like write this down and send it to me. And that's how really the book came about. Just my heart to share these stories, to inspire and encourage other women today that really are facing the same struggles. Mm, and I've loved it. We, we really are cut out of the same cloth. I've written fearless, ordinary one of the Bible who dared to do extraordinary things. And your book reminds me so much of that same heart to say, God, what was it about these women of the Bible that made them courageous? Like you said, they broke rules. They stood out. They were willing to say yes to God. They gave him their obedience. And what an example. And I think in the last 18 months, especially, we find these parallels into the complex dilemmas that we're facing today that we have so much more in common with women of the Bible. Maybe you're saying, well, they lived two, 3,000 years ago. I don't know what in the world I could have in common far more than what we think. So I want to talk about a couple of the women and uh, what story do you think that you most related to as you were struggling to rebuild your life? Was it the story of Hannah? Yes, Angela. And as I began to move past simply relating to her, I really asked, what can I take away? What does mm -hmm. Hannah teach me for me to survive and overcome this challenge as well? And I love her story because first of all, she begs God it's not a nice little neat and tidy prayer. You can hear the agony and the desperation in her voice. And yeah. we have all been there. And many of us today are there. We're mm. desperate. We need God to desperately move. And what a beautiful invitation Hannah offers for us to be as earnest in our prayer and honest and to show those raw emotions to God. And then Hannah that. doesn't just stay there, right? After she prays, she then trusts God. And the beautiful sign of her incredible trust in God is despite the ongoing sorrow and frustration, she gets up and the Bible says she goes on her way and she mm. eats and her face is no longer downcast. Mm. And to me, that's incredible. And I will not say for a second that I think she's suddenly not depressed and suddenly not sorrowful. And she knows for a fact the answer has not come. She just prayed. She can't be pregnant in a second. Yeah. So what does that tell me? It tells me I can pray earnestly and then I can trust God and hold up my head and have a silly dance party and laugh yeah. and be crazy with my three-year-old daughter because God has this in his control and whether or not God answers and does the impossible for me, I can still find joy and I can still commune again with others and have relationships and live life and leave my house. I don't need to stay in that place of constant depression and sorrow. And that's the encouragement I find from Hannah. Mm, that is so powerful. That was so powerful to just hear you share that because I, I also just feel so, um, 
linked to Hannah in that sense of praying when you feel desperate, those desperate moments where we don't know what else to do. But I don't know that I've thought until you were just saying that, that she got up and immediately her face was changed, her countenance, her disposition was changed. And that is a a challenge to us, really, whether you're a man or a woman listening right now to say, listen, that's the that's where the the trust really kicks into high gear when you haven't seen the fulfillment of the promise or the answer yet, but you're believing in faith that God is going to do what he said he's going to do and that you can still live in joy. I know another uh, story that meant so much to you, and I have written about them as well and fearless. So let's talk about these wonderful women, the midwives that are such powerful examples, examples of courage in the Bible, and they live out their kind of ordinary call in their everyday life. I think about the challenges we're having today, um, just fighting for life. And uh, I'm very active in the pro-life movement. And you see in these midwives thousands of years ago, the way they stood up for life, they intervened, they said, not on my watch. And uh, talk about the midwives, why you chose to include them and what they meant to you. Yeah, you know, let me set it up for a minute, Angela, because this is the perfect story for your show, isn't it? A book of miracles. Mm -hmm. Some of the most dramatic miracles in all of scripture are found in this book of Exodus. We have the story of parting of the sea and this great deliverance of Israel and all the plagues. And we know these stories we've seen in movies. But Angela, how does this book start? What is the first miracle that sets off all these miracles the story of the midwives, Mm. how incredible that God sets up this incredible book with the stories of these two women. And I really see in a sense, the miracle is their obedience to follow. So here we have a situation. These women are just doing their jobs, living their ordinary life. As you say, the King calls them and says, you know what? There's too many Hebrews in my land. I'm feeling threatened by them. So let's Mm -hmm. just reduce their population, counter God's blessing on their life. You midwives can kill all the children that end up being boys. Angela, who could be the worst person to ask to do this? Yeah. The midwives, right? Yeah. So what are they going to do? They're in a place that we have been in. Do they stand up against this dictate that is not morally acceptable, that is against their values, that attacks them at the very core of who they are and what God's called them to do? And yet, if they risk disobeying the king, they risk their own life. They're committing Mm. treason. And in that society, how can the king not know what's going on? Of course he will. So it's just a matter of time before they're caught and murdered. And yet, Angela, what a story of miracles that these two women overcome every fear Or we could say they fear God more, right? They're not willing to put their hands in the lives of the king. They put their hands in the lives of God and take a bold act to save those children in a very clever way. Mm, I love it. They're powerful. And you're right. The scripture point blank says, because they feared God, they did not obey the king's edict. And that's a great reminder for us to fear God above all things. It doesn't mean we don't have fear. We don't have trauma. We don't have difficulty or adversity. We're not minimizing it. We're not saying it's not real. Marina has been very honest with us today that, listen, she was in her home. She wasn't wanting to get up. She wasn't wanting to leave. But she pushed through that to say, God, I'm going to fear you more than the fear of what I'm facing and dealing with at home. So thank you, for Marina, for just what you've shared in this book. I know we're going to share about one more woman, but it's in the context of a different answer in just a second. So I'm going to wait on that. But I want to know how they can connect with you. I know people are listening and thinking, how can I get 
a copy of Women in the Bible, small group Bible study. I'm going to hold it up again in case you are watching and you can see it right there behind Marina. So if you're a, a man and you're listening, this is so great for your wife, your mom, your sister, a friend, women, get a copy. It's an easier read. I mean, it's powerful. You've been hearing the insights coming out of Marina. So it's not light, but it's easy to get through. You've included scripture, Marina, right here for us. It's, it's, you can write in it. Your questions are thought provoking. They're relevant. So it'd be wonderful as a gift for Christmas. So I want to encourage all of our listeners to go get a copy. So let us know how we can connect with you, where you'd like them to go to purchase from you. Thank you so much, Angela. And one thing I love about your audience is they care about these stories. And I trust all of you have already read Angela's book. And so this is just another perspective and another way of diving into these stories. So I'm so glad we're on the same page, Angela. Um, after you read Angela's book, yes, you can get my book. It's on Amazon everywhere around the world. Women in the Bible, small group Bible study by Marina Hoffman. And it also comes with a free video series and you can access that on my website. It'll, I'm sure Angela will give the info. It's women in the Bible dot info and you can access it for free. No need to give your email or anything else. So no matter where you are, if you have Wi-Fi, you can dive into these stories and hear personal videos, but also, yes, let's go deep into these stories. As Angela says, we need to be equipped with these examples and models of leadership we have from women in the Bible now in these uncertain times more than ever. Absolutely. And I'll put that in my show notes, women in the Bible dot info is where they can go to get a copy or of course, Amazon's available, a fabulous Christmas gift, get multiple copies. Come on, get three, five, 10 copies, give them to everyone, you know, what a great gift for people to start the new year, feeling empowered and equipped to be courageous and fearless. We don't know what the future is going to hold guys, but we do know who holds the future and that makes all of the difference, but we have got to be equipped and ground ourselves in the word instead of the narrative of the world so that whatever is in front of us, we know who is in us and that's going to make all the difference. So Marina is going to pray over us in just a moment and you're not going to want to miss that. But I always love to ask my list, my, my guest, one last question. And I know my listeners want to know your answer. So other than Jesus, Marina, who is it in the Bible that's most inspired you to make life matter? Maybe someone you can't wait to meet in heaven. Is there anything you would want to ask them? Yes, I would say this, the closest step I can get to Jesus would be Mary. Mm. I think she is incredible beyond words. And again, you know, Angela, when I first read the stories of Mary my whole life, she felt so other to me. And I think that was enforced by these beautiful Catholic images of the perfect mother with a halo and just totally unreachable in my perspective. Mm, yeah. After the events of this last year and a half, I read her story so differently. I think we're so much the same. Things have happened that suddenly changed everything. The course of our life changed. And Angela, of course, Mary didn't dream as a little girl of being the mother of the savior of the world. Yeah. That was not on her radar. I think that's a safe assumption in scripture. So everything changes dramatically. And I'm sure to a degree traumatically when that angel says your whole life is going to be different than you ever envisioned. Everything mm -hmm. is changing right now. Are you willing to answer God's call and do something so incredible. And Angela, I think that's the same call on all of us. Are we going to bear Christ? Well, actually, I would say yes. What a beautiful story we have. Mary bears Christ literally. But 
Angela, we are bearing Christ every day, our words and our actions. And like Mary, who knows what legacy she realized she was creating and what she was part of. Maybe it dawned on her slowly, but I think that applies to us too. How can we possibly know the impact of our legacy when we are faithful to God and maybe in fear and trepidation, we move forward anyways, and we allow God to work through us and to form his spirit in us so that his Holy Spirit comes out in all we do and say, so that we are those hope bearers for those people all around us today, right now, who need joy, who need a sense of wonder, who maybe need a small laugh in the heaviness of the times we're going through. So what a beautiful example we have, Mm -hmm. faithful, committed, dedicated, beautiful woman of God that we can all copy as we also bear Christ. Mm, I love that. Thank you, Marina. And I've never thought about it, but you're right. We do kind of feel like she's an other that she's somehow on some pedestal that we can't relate to. But what she modeled was just simple obedience and said, okay, let it be unto me as you have said, which is really just what our response needs to be. And whatever life is throwing at us, when God says, this is what I'm asking of you, it's going to look different than what you expected. You know, you weren't expecting that car accident, but God spared you. You survived the miraculous intervention by the hand of God. Then you had this long recovery. God continued to woo you and say, listen, Marina, come out of your hiding places. I have more for you. I have great things for you. And every step you just kept saying, God, let it be unto me, as you have said, then Marina, I want you to write a resource and I want you to, to connect these women of the Bible to the women of today and let women today, my daughters know that they matter. Their story matters. Their life matters. Listen, listeners, we understand Marina and I are not sitting here telling you that all of our lives have been perfect. If you've listened to this podcast for any time, you know that I'm also a survivor of, of a near death two really near death health crisis. So we understand pain. We understand suffering. We understand trauma, but we also understand obedience and understand how to walk in the wonder of God. And God, that will never steal you wrong. When you say yes to God, when you say like Mary did, let it be unto me, as you have said, you are inviting God into those painful places, inviting him to move in spite of. So it's not that, Hey, I'm going to wait until my life is perfect. And then I'm going to invite God in, invite him in right now. It is the Christmas season. Would you say more than ever right now, God, I'm inviting you again into my life. God came and dwelt among us. And so that is what we're celebrating. So thank you, Marina. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for the way you push through this wonderful resource. And before you pray over us, I just want to share today's truth that matters. It comes straight from your book and it's from the very first session. It's about Sarah and Hagar. And I know we didn't touch on their story, but I loved something you said. And if their story is unfamiliar to you and you're listening today, you can read their full story about struggle and suffering and the blessing that came in Genesis chapter 16. Well, verse 13 says this about Hagar after God met her powerfully in her wilderness, in her darkest hour of pain. Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Marina goes on to share this. Hagar is the only character in the Old Testament to give a name to the Lord, Elroy, the God who sees me. Hagar's declaration is a beautiful truth to hold on to. God's presence is with us in every difficult 
and challenge we encounter, we are never alone. And we can recall that the Lord appeared to Hagar when she was most desperate. We've talked about that today, guys. Perhaps like Hagar in our darkest moments, God will be revealed most powerfully to us. Perhaps through suffering, we become most like Christ and we are best positioned to encounter God personally. Thank you, Marina. I believe that with all my heart and I appreciate what you're doing to connect the Bible to our everyday lives. We need the Bible more than anything else in our life. That is the main Guys, more than anything else in 2022, would you say, I'm going to get to know the God of the Bible by reading his word, by getting it in you. That is what is going to draw you out of places of darkness, of pain, and into an awareness of the beauty of who God is. You can live in the joy that Marina has demonstrated for us today. You can live in the awareness of his presence. So thank you so much, Marina, for your voice. And I want to just invite you to pray over our listeners. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close? Oh, Angela, thank you so much for your beautiful words of inspiration and hope. What a message you brought us today. And I think the best response we can have is to continue to bring that message to others. And I think one beautiful principle of life, Angela, is that as we strive and overcome all of our own feelings to bring joy to others, Mm. God just fills us back with joy, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Thank you so much. Well, I would love you to pray over this. Yeah, thank you so much. Lord, I we thank you so much that you are the God who sees. You are the God who meets us wherever we are and perhaps most powerfully in that dark moment of our life when our stress and challenges and our situation is most impossible. Lord, thank you that you are the God of the impossible and that you do more than we can ask or imagine. And the lives of Angela and me and many listeners today are testimony of your mighty faithfulness. So we thank you, God. Bring hope to the listeners today and joy and help us to overcome every obstacle, to walk forward in faithfulness and trust and fill our hearts with hope today. I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.